Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thanks for joining me for the Smarter Business Moves podcast. If content marketing is part of your growth strategy, head over to my new podcast, Content Marketing School, and visit contentmarketingschoolonline.com for resources. Now let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thank you for joining me for the Smarter Career and Business Moves podcast. My goal is always to inform, educate, and inspire. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are joining us from. I'm Annette Richmond. This is the Smarter Career and Business Moves LinkedIn Live Show. And I am so happy and excited to be here with you, Danielle, today. Um, You know, I've been longing to chat with you and I love this topic. So for anyone who doesn't know you, please just share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Annette, for the opportunity to join you here. This also has been something I've been looking forward to very much. Um, So yes, so professionally, um, I am the global head of social media for Mercer, which is a global professional services organization. And I've been in this role for five years now. Wow. You know, I, I met you and we were chatting about this briefly before we went live. I met you on Clubhouse about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or two years ago. And it's now it seems kind of like forever ago. But, um, you know, it was it was it was so great at the time to get to know people. And, you know, you can learn so much by just listening to their voice. And of course, you know, the things that they say. Um, So, of course, I love talking about social media. I mean, and this topic in particular, the idea of um, investing in your career. Uh, I know people who have gotten jobs by just posting on, on LinkedIn and they have attracted people that way. And one thing um, a lot of articles talk about, mine included, that what hiring managers and recruiters don't like to see because they've been checking people out online like for, for a long time now. And uh, one thing is always ne- negativity, negativity. Nobody wants that. But can you just talk about some of the things that they do like to see? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's actually a it's a great question. And it's one I think that merits a lot more exploration, too, as we go forward, because many people join social media and are on there every day and they may not necessarily always be doing what they do with the filter of thinking of potential future employment. Um, and, and if you take that a step further, um, everything is accessible to everyone now on, on the internet. And yet, when you think of it through an organization lens, not everything on the internet is considered kind of um, uh material that can be used in determining employment. So some some information is is publicly available, but should not be used as a part of that process. So that's where I think we get a little sticky because you or I might look it up, you know, if we're considering a candidate um, and we know, and so there's a little bit of best judgment there that you can't use certain pieces of information maybe against someone in that that process. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think there's still a lot of issues around there because it's not really governed, et cetera. But I actually think it's a very enriching complementary part of that process if you understand how to use it correctly, because a resume is flat. It's a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. It's one dimensional. Um, And 
sometimes people are really good at presenting themselves and sometimes they're not. And so I always take that to just be a piece of the conversation. And then I want to go learn more about them. You get to see like, who are they? And you can get a lot more understanding about maybe they're truly empathetic or they're a giving individual. Like who, what it like round them out, make them three dimensional. Um, often I find people undersell themselves. Their resume might have the content on there that's really interesting, but the real crux of what would show that you've got the skills to carry into this role are through everything that you're doing externally. So it's actually really value additive to go and look that up. So I think it's a huge opportunity. And, and you know, even if you don't use social media, at least have a LinkedIn profile that's up to date and reflects who you are in real life even if you never ever share anything, because even that alone is gonna help complement what you've submitted through the organization. And the last thing I'll comment on is the in process when you're applying for a job is often very limited or structured in a certain way for that organization, which may not be flexible enough for you to show up fully. So this is also now another great way to be sure that everything you wanna communicate is gonna be communicated when they look you up. Yeah, that is so true. And and so many people, um, you know, will ask me well, what's more important, like the resume or the LinkedIn profile, for example. And they kind of go hand in hand because if someone likes your resume, they're checking you out on LinkedIn. And if somebody finds you on LinkedIn, they're going to want to see your resume. But one of the things that I, that you made me think of as you were talking is the idea of LinkedIn. And there are still people who um they don't use their LinkedIn profile to, to show who they are. And they may have, say, a, um, you know, a, a very stilted third person bio in their about section instead of, you know, sharing some insight into into who they are. And I, I think that that can make a real a real difference, as you said, to get across, you know, who that person is. What would they be like to, to work with? I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I remember, you know, five, probably five years ago, maybe even less, I used to have a third party bio because I had that bio for speaking events and for different publications. Um, and so it just was on my LinkedIn profile. Um, obviously, I've, I've evolved since then. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of people who just don't know that information, which is one reason why I think it's wonderful that there's so many incredible LinkedIn trainers in our community and people who are there giving this information to help people on their journeys. Because most people, when they understand how the profile can be leveraged and benefit them, they're always open. To improving and i think that's one of the beautiful things about being on social media is it's a wonderful place to learn and you can learn from people you can learn from events like this one you can learn from you know different pieces of content that people are creating and it's success accessible to anyone who has access to social media which is a significant part of the globe uh, oh absolutely absolutely and and one of the sort of buzzwords that you know people use i use myself is the idea of thought leadership and the idea that when you are on um, a social media platform and, you know, primarily people think of LinkedIn as, as the business one, um, you know, how, how are a few ways maybe people can share their expertise, um, maybe to create their own content and if they're not really comfortable doing that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I always try and think, you know, when, when people think of thought leadership, if I think of it from a, my, my day job kind of thing, there's a certain perspective of what that means. I always try and just break that down and get it to the lowest common denominator, which is everyone has experiences that someone else can benefit from. 
So no matter who you are um, on the internet, you have something that you do every day. And it could be anything from cooking to how you organize your time in the morning to get your children out to school to, you know, your, I don't know, something in, in a medical profession. It doesn't matter what it is. Someone else is going to benefit from you sharing that. Um, and so if we think of it that way, you don't need to start with a blog. You don't need to start with a, a LinkedIn live show like this, right? Take tiny, small steps. And I think that's the best tip that I'd ever received years ago. And I always like to carry forward because we often think we've got to go out there with something big and impressive. But what we don't see is behind the scenes is the dozens of times that that individual probably failed or misstepped before they finally got to where they are. So just go small, right? And I always like to say, start with a comment. For some, that's just terribly paralyzing as well. So if you need to, I mean, start with a like, but if you could start with a comment and do that in a safe space with someone else that you might know, maybe mm -hmm. they're celebrating a milestone. Maybe they've just been recognized for something. Um, maybe you both were participating in an event together and then you can kind of join into their conversation in a safe space. That's content. Um, that in itself is content and it's a one step forward. And from there, you can start getting a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing. Maybe you show up on a LinkedIn live and talk about what it is you do, what you're passionate about, um, and then work your way up to different types of content that are in your comfort zone. And you'll find that over time, you kind of just kind of keep building on that. Um, but even just comments on their own, if you focus on either your area of expertise that you do day in or day out or something you're passionate about and you're consistent about that, your community or the community that you start surrounding yourself with are going to see how you show up and what you talk about. And that then begins your journey of starting to build your presence on social media. Yeah, you know, that is so true. I have colleagues of mine that say, oh, you know, Annette, you're on LinkedIn 24-7. You're on, and I'm really not. And I'm not even posting every single day, but I try to be on commenting. And so they see me and, and I love the, the idea that you that you brought up, the idea of doing it in a safe space. If you're if you're not comfortable, comment on someone that, you know, comment on their post instead of, you know, trying to comment on a stranger's post. Um, and and just, you know, the idea of of showing up and, and being there. And what people also often don't don't think of is if I'm commenting on your post, of course, my, you know, my network is going to see it, but so is your network. And so it's a good way to, you know, really open yourself up. And that it's kind of, that's kind of a great segue into something I wanted to ask you about the idea of um, getting on someone's radar. You know, if you have a hiring manager and you want to get on their radar, or um, I think of it as a recruiter at a target company, because, you know, the whole idea of it's, it's not about what you know, it's who you know, and it's really who knows you. I say that I've, I've heard you. I've seen you say that as well. It's who knows you. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of how do you do that? Yeah. And actually, that, that to me is um, it, that's an important one for me. It's not about who you know, it's who knows you. So there's a couple of ways. And I, I actually do this and I enjoy doing this. Um, and whether I'm trying to look for a new opportunity, um, which I'm not, but let's say I was mm -hmm. and maybe I had a target company. Um, and if you know that, then you can take the opportunity to plan in advance and look up. I mean, LinkedIn is a wonderful search engine. Um, you don't need to pay and have all the fancy pre premium um, benefits, but just using the regular search engine, you can do quite a bit. Look up that organization, look up individuals that work at that organization, filter through. So it might take a little bit of time um, mm -hmm. up front to get yourself set up, but filter through and see who's active and just find a few people that could be in that kind of circle of relevance um, that would make a meaningful impact and then start to join into their conversations. 
And as you start doing that on a regular basis, you're going to become a part of their community. They're going to recognize that you're constantly contributing. More importantly, if you're doing it in a way that's relevant for the type of role you're trying to get into, they're also going to see the value add that you're constantly putting in. So when an opportunity comes up or when you apply, your name is going to become known on the inside. Your expertise is going to be visible as well. Um, and that actually works really well. Um, I do that a lot as well, just in terms of um, not necessarily recruiting talent, but recruiting people that we work with through our social media ecosystem. And it's the same idea. If I'm trying to connect with maybe a professor at Harvard, because that individual is maybe talking about a certain aspect of the future of work, and we'd love to have that person in our influencer program. Well, option A is just to kind of go through a formal route and try and reach out to that person if they have some sort of rep, et cetera, and kind of go that route. But option B is build a relationship. And you do that by joining their conversation and contributing and giving into what they're trying to accomplish until the connection is made. And then keep that, that going until you feel like you kind of know when it's time to take the next step. Mm -hmm. It's just like if you have a friend or you're dating or something, you know when you're going a bit too fast or you know uh -huh. when it's the right time. And when it is the right time, then you can say, I've enjoyed our conversation, et cetera, and would love to see if we could maybe have take this to an event and feature you or something like that. And you notice that that journey then becomes really natural, organic, and it's sustainable. And that's what's important to me because a lot of times when you pay to play, and you wouldn't pay to play per se when you're trying to get a job, but mm -hmm. when you do that, the minute the money's pulled away, that was the foundation for that relationship. So instead, build that foundation on trust and on shared mutual interest, and then it will be stable no matter what happens. So same if you're looking for a job. I think that's a great way to go about it and think about who are you trying to work with? What's that type of person? And surround yourself with people that are doing that so that you can become a part of that network because it's never your first degree that is most likely where you're going to find an opportunity. It's mm -hmm. the second and third degrees. It's the places where because they know you, they drive people to your profile, which is going to look fantastic because you mm -hmm. did that before you started this process. And then you're going to start seeing opportunities come your way. And then the reverse, right? If I'm looking for talent, I do the same thing, right? We have a talent team, but I also will go on to social media and look for people that have the skills and are showing up in a way that would be contributory and complementary to what we're trying to accomplish. And I don't reach out to them and say, hey, I have an opening. Do you want to join my team? Like, that's really abrupt. A, who are you? Um, you just landed into my profile feed. But rather, I join the conversations and we start building a relationship. It's also a way of kind of testing the waters. Is there a cultural fit? Is mm -hmm. this someone that we could see being a truly value-added member? And then in time, then you can say, hey, if you're ever looking for a new opportunity, love the work you're doing. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Would love to you know, reach out if that situation ever arises. So it kind of changes the whole platform that you're playing with. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm um, glad that you brought up the idea of the company page, because if you go to a company's company page on, I guess they're called LinkedIn pages now on LinkedIn, you can see all the employees. You can look for employees. Say if I'm in marketing, I can look for people that work in marketing and I can learn about what they do. I can see where they are geographically, um, even like the education they have, which can can really, really help um, understand what the company may be looking for in you if you're applying in that in that uh, area. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing is, too, is if you and if you do have Sales Navigator, then you can actually bring that in and then kind of filter in terms of their last activity date, which makes it a little easier. But if you don't, just, you know, take 15, 20 minutes and click, check the profiles one by one. You'll get a sense for who's you know not present for the last 30 days versus who is. So you're not wasting your time. 
Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, we were chatting a little bit uh, before we went live about the idea of sort of global networking. And, you know, in terms of um, sort of the the space out there where we are, you and I are practically neighbors because I live uh, 60 minutes from Midtown Manhattan. So, you know, we're we're like neighbors. But one of the best things for me about Clubhouse was the whole idea of I, I got to meet people from all over the world. Um, I am lucky now to call many of them my friends. And it's not uncommon for me to have, you know, a Zoom chat with someone in New Zealand just to catch up and, you know, say hi. Um, so can you can you talk a little bit about the benefits of that, though, of, of as you as you mentioned in your post, the idea of networking without global boundaries? Um, I think that to me is one of the most exciting parts of social media, um, both kind of professionally and just for all aspects of relationships that you build. And I agree with Clubhouse. I also I mean, we met there um, and I met so many people that are a part of our community from across the globe. It's a really great way to actually learn in a very different way because everyone you meet has a different background. They approach what they're doing differently. Um, and if we think about more traditionally, you would always meet either in the office through your local network, maybe through an event that you attended. Um, so you had some sort of limitations, whereas now you can do, there's no reason you can't reach out to someone anywhere on this planet. And that goes for a hiring perspective as well. It opens up so much opportunity um, for talent. Uh, often we were constrained by the city we were in. And now it's really about who's the right person that has the right skills and the right fit for what we're trying to accomplish. So that's another reason why no matter where you are, um, you know, make sure that LinkedIn profile speaks if you're looking for opportunities to what your expertise is, the skills that you have, um, what the roles you seek, because that way you never know when someone is going to be looking for that and you're going to come up in that search and geography is more often than not now going to, it's not going to be as much a limiting factor as it mm -hmm. was pre-pandemic. Oh, exactly. And I've seen lots of um, lots of engagement. I just want to take a minute to say hello to some of the people who have joined us. Um, hi, Jeffrey uh, Del Delweech. I'm, I'm sorry. Hi, Annette and Danielle. Thank you both for making this event possible. And Michelle is sending us peace and salutations from Saskoon. Oh, Saskatoon. Okay, I'm not sure if that's a state or a country. I'm, I'm bad. Geography is not my strong point. So she says that she has a stable career. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Um, Paul, thank you for coming. Glad to be joining the conversation. Greetings from New Jersey. Another neighbor, another neighbor of ours. And Dale also commented that community is a great way to describe those who regularly contribute to your post. So he agrees with you. And of course, we must say hello to our friend, Brenda Miller. So lovely to see you here this morning. Um, talking about you earlier. So your ears will be ringing. Um, so um, one of the things too that um, that I think is, uh, is interesting, um, the idea that you, you had talked about in a post that you did um, saying, uh, the idea of um, targeting your target audience. And, you know, that is true, obviously, whether you are a, um, an entrepreneur or if you are looking for, for a job. And the idea of, of target, and we talked a little bit about this, but this is kind of a little bit more general. How do you kind of know or find your, your target audience? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I get, it depends. I mean, I think 
the concept is carries across no matter what you're trying to do. But if I look at it from a perspective of, you know, just if you're a sales professional or you're a consultant, mm -hmm. let's just use a real mm -hmm. example that I, that I juggle every day. Um, and maybe your target audience is a CHRO. So a chief human resource officer. Um, I mean, one of the ways is literally just put that into search and look for people with that in their profiles. And then you're going to start getting a full return of people with that title um, or that are using that keyword. Um, and that's a great way to start. It's simple. It's not very sophisticated. Um, and then you can start and see who's active in that conversation. What are they talking about? And then through that, go in. And if you see someone who's active, um, well, who is engaging then in their post? So go the next level down and see, okay, who are the people commenting into this conversation? And then you're going to start finding more VPs of human resources, HR managers, HR directors, et cetera. Um, and by then kind of engaging into those conversations, you start surrounding yourself as you build that network with all the different types of HR buyers that you're trying to get in front of. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of that's one way of doing it. Another way as well is like, think of the digital watering holes that your target audience likes to hang out in. Um, for example, if there's a big event, right? So the, 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 it's called SHURM, um, Society of Human Resource Management, I think it is. Mm -hmm. It's one of many big um, events where a lot of HR professionals go. So they have an online presence. Same with Employee Benefit News is another pretty prominent publication. They have an online presence. So go and follow those pages, join their conversations when they're having events, live events, when they're posting content. And even if you notice not many people are commenting, comment because their community is going to see that you're always adding meaningful contributions or uh, complimenting or in some way, maybe summarizing what they're sharing, but adding value for their community. And then they're going to come and see who you are. Um, so that's another really powerful way of doing that. And then just even a lot of events that we do. Um, live events and real in-person in events are back. Um, I've attended a lot of them, but don't forget the social component when you're at these in-person events, right? Take that QR code from LinkedIn and make sure you build those connections so that when you get back, you can then start networking through all those people. And often if you're speaking in an event or you're attending an event with your target audience, that's a really nice way to quick connect with a lot of people in a quick period of time. But then the hard work starts when you get back. You don't have an instant relationship. So you've got to nurture that. But doing that consistently over time, you're going to find that you're going to just start surrounding yourself with a community of people that you're actually trying to get in front of. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, building those relationships online, you know, it's the same as if you're you're meeting somebody sort of in real life. I mean, you know, you you know, you're not going to meet somebody for the first time um, at an event. And and even if it's someone who works for your target company, say, well, you know, can you can you help me uh, get in touch with somebody who can help me get a job there or something? I mean, it's just not something you would do. Um, and it, it, you know, it's so important to think about that. So I just want to say hi to Liam, who's joining us and says that sometimes the target audience finds us, which is, um, which is so true. It is so true. And I guess that's really through our, through our social media. Um, so one of the things I like to ask everyone I talk to is what do you like best about what you do? Well, that's a great question. Um, it's people related. So, I mean, at the heart of everything, I think that to me is the most exciting part because every day is about helping people. It's about working with people. It's about um, helping people build their skills to enable them to accomplish what they're trying to do. Um, and it's really without the people, a brand doesn't really exist, 
because a brand is just an amalgamation of all these voices sharing their points of view and bringing that brand to life. So that's really exciting. And then on the flip side, it's trying to figure out different ways to humanize a brand, um, which is also really exciting because no one wants to just hear a brand. No one wakes up in the morning and looks at a brand page on any social media channel. <laughs> For the most part, I'm sure there's a couple exceptions, but it's very rare. So how do you make that brand come to life? and have a meaningful presence in someone else's life. And that's kind of really exciting. Um, and because social media is changing all the time, it's a role that's super agile. You never know what tomorrow is gonna bring. Um, and that to me is also exciting. So I do like the dynamic, the change, the risk, the reward, um, and the fact that it's all based on people. So so since you mentioned that, can you share a little bit about um, you know, how, how companies in general even people like me can can um, sort of humanize their own brands? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, first of all, just be yourself. So, I mean, I one of the things that we do a lot of is we engage our employees. So employee advocacy is something I focus a lot on. Um, and you can tell when someone just shares a piece of content that someone else has written for them versus when they share a piece of content that they're speaking about personally. Um, and just those little nuances in terms of the words you use and the way you communicate will enable you to show up very differently to your audience. Um, if you just put something else out there, then your audience is probably like, oh, someone's probably told them to say that. So I'm just going to move on. Whereas if you actually connect with them and say like, this is really important to me, or this is why I'm sharing this, or here's some things that I value and I think would value, you know, you start connecting with that relationship. You start adding some emotion into there. People are then going to be like, oh, wait a minute, you know, Annette really, is she's sharing this. She thought this was excellent. Here's why I trust Annette. So I'm also going to take a look at that and spend time on it. Um, and also the other thing we, we focus a lot on is kind of, instead of talking about me, talk about we, instead of talking in a third person, make it inclusive with the words that you use, make people feel like this is a conversation that they are in. You're not talking at them, you're talking with them. And it's those slight changes that actually make a pretty big difference. Um, and then when it comes to brands specifically, you know, lead with your people. Um, and same with ourselves, right? Lead with ourselves, have that personal element come through. And it doesn't have to be something that you feel really awkward and icky about. Maybe you don't want to talk about your home life and that's okay, right? You get to create your space that you're going to share with the rest of the world. Um, and within that space, just allow who you are to shine through. And each of us determines how far we take that and our communities will get to know who we are through what we open them, the door to them with. Um, but I think that works really well. And I, I want to just quickly comment as well, because I love Liam's comment about how they find us. And I think to your question now, this helps them find us because if you're showing up consistently with what you care about and with where your expertise or your passions lie, people get to associate, oh, Annette's always talking about this. And then as your network builds and you start getting second and third degree connections that are like, oh, and Nets always talking about this, you start building that referenceability. And it's once you build that, that's when people start coming to you. They may not know you yet, but through a trusted network, they've heard of you. Mm -hmm. And now your target audience starts coming inbound. And that's when it actually starts becoming really powerful. And for that to happen, though, you need to be clear about your why. And you need to be clear and consistent with how you show up. You don't want to confuse people. Let them understand and know this is what I'm here for. This is what I focus on. This is how I help others. Well, I, you know, I just want to touch on something that you said be before I ask you for some kind of final thoughts and the idea of um, sharing what you're comfortable with. And um, I heard, and I can't remember who I heard this from originally, describe it as sort of personal, uh, professional, personal, and private. And 
Um, you know, and, and I do think of it that way. And I am happy to share, you know, personal stuff, me and my husband at a football game or my dogs, people would rather see my dogs than me anyway, but it's probably a video because uh, who doesn't love dogs? And, but, you know, when it, when it comes to sharing something that's private um, and, and that depends now, like if I was going through a divorce, I'm not, but if I was, I wouldn't be talking about that on LinkedIn. Other people do. And if you're comfortable, then that's cool. But if you're not, um, I, I get concerned sometimes that people feel that like they must, you know, you must be vulnerable and, you know, share your deepest thoughts or whatever um, in, in order to, uh, I don't know, get get engagement, say, on LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, I think I think but then you're not being authentic. Right. We talk about being showing up and being yourself. If that's the case, and then you're not being yourself. So I think it's it's good to be thoughtful and think about how you show up and make sure that you are truly being human, but be who you are. If I meet you here and you're being you're dishing out all this information to me, and then I meet you in real life and all of a sudden you have a completely different personality, then one of them doesn't connect with the other. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember, right? If we think about the world of work, there's five generations in the workforce. And then if we think about like my daughter's generation alpha, there is no filter. Right. Like, like, you know, she, she lives more in a digital virtual world than she does in real life. Um, and, and so that's a whole different way of thinking, working beings. So we have to think about all these different types of individuals and that we must be who we are. And yes, someone else is going to show up differently. And you may feel uncomfortable when you see that content because you're like, oh, my goodness, I would never talk about that externally. And that's OK. Show up the way you are and allow someone else to also have the space to show up the way they are. Yeah. And so I just want to share this, what Liam said, be yourself. If people don't like it, keep scrolling. And, and I have to say that that I, I feel that way. I feel that way myself. So um, I, before we our time is just about at an end here and I want to be you know respectful of your time. Um, we've talked about a lot of different things. Is there something uh, or I should say, what would you like to share that I haven't asked you and we haven't uh, we haven't talked about? Oh, that's a big question. I know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I don't know if we, I would say we probably touched on it a little bit, but I would just say if, if anyone is joining us and is either, you know, in the midst of their career experiences, maybe is looking to do a career pivot, um, is looking to start their career or is looking to just, you know, um, enhance it in any capacity, I absolutely think an investment in social media with whatever time you can contribute to it is something that will continue building in time. I'm actually doing a LinkedIn Live, which I believe is next week, and it's on longevity um, and kind of the future of work. And it's an interesting conversation, and I, I will drop a link in the comments. It's an interesting conversation because uh, part one of the experts, I'm actually the host, so one of the experts in the conversation, um, her name is Yvonne Sonsino, and she um, wrote a book about living longer and kind of the, the whole concept of what you have to think about there. And one of the wonderful quotes um, that I read in her book was the idea that we often think in our minds, right, there's these biases around ageism. And we think, oh, my gosh, I'm turning 30. So I've got to do X. I'm turning 40. I'm turning 50. My life is almost over. Well, now with us all living longer, we can start new careers at any age. I mean, most entrepreneurs of startups are over the age of 50 when you actually start searching kind of these organizations that are coming up. So there's so much that you can do at any stage you want to. And social media is that place where there's no hierarchy. Everyone is an equal and everyone determines how they want to build their presence and what they want to get out of it. So I would say set aside all those biases, all the traditional ways of thinking and create the future that you want. 
Wow. So that is a great way to end our conversation. Um, thank you so much for that. And, and it is it is definitely so true. So thank you to everyone um, who joined us today, uh, people who will be watching on the replay or listening to this on my podcast. So thanks again, Danielle. It was such a treat to chat with you. I hope you come back again. And uh, everyone else, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Annette. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career and Business Moves podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe.